You're listening to Campfire Conversations, brought to you by Three Rivers Land Trust, bringing conservation to the forefront. This is your job right now. <laughs> okay. We're sitting here, got a new co-host. My new co-host, I fired Sam. Um, no, he's actually out, out, out sick today. He's got the phone. Um, so in his stead, I've got Mikey with me, associate director of Three Rivers Land Trust. Um, also my wife. And better um, half. Jury's out. <laughs> Glad to have you here, though. Um, welcome to Radio World. Thank you. Thank you for such Although, a nice introduction. You, Mikey has been in radio before. You have done some radio shows. I have done a few radio shows. Done some in radio my time. shows. Yeah, so you may be better at this than I am. Well, uh, jury's still out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, Mikey is uh, um, a graduate of NC State Go Pack. Wildlife Program mm-hmm. and uh, former, well, still, I mean, once a biologist, always a biologist. Yes. Um, she was a wildlife biologist in Wyoming, um, and then moved over to Bureau of Land Management in Montana, yep. and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, then yep. you went from there to a position with uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. I did. Where they entertained you for about 11 years. Yep. Um, and you worked there as the Region 6 Hunting Access Coordinator. I did. Up on the high line. Yep. So what does uh, what's a hunting access coordinator about? Uh, well, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks had a private lands access program, and we worked with private landowners to open up their land for public hunting. And uh, Region 6 had about, well, it was the second largest in the state, second. at about a million and a half acres. A million and a half acres, yeah. about the size of Rhode Island. Yeah, it was big. <laughs> it was big. Um, and uh, every fall, it, it allowed folks from all over to be able to hunt, you know, sort of do-it-yourself hunt. I definitely recommend that anybody wants to hunt in Montana. It's definitely the way Free with a license. Free with a license. Now, I've been going for five years. They may have changed that. I doubt it. But I don't I think, think it's changed. I, I, I highly doubt it. Great program. Um, can't speak enough good things about it but well, did that I've worked as a biologist you're right Wyoming and uh, with private the private sector worked with the federal government Bureau of Land Management did a lot of flight surveys a lot of ground surveys looked for a lot of critters in my day so it was good but you're came back missed North Carolina I mean it was time to come back from home. North Carolina from North Carolina. Big shout out to Robinson County. Robinson County. Oh, deadliest county in North Carolina. So easy. Still a good county. <laughs> um, Swampland. Uh, oh, yeah. Deadliest. So. Big farm country. Yeah, big farm country. So I missed that. Came back. Worked for, actually worked for the Wildlife Resources Commission. When I came back, I was a hunter education specialist. So taught hunter, hunter ed from 8 to 80, I guess. That's what I like to say. Is, I mean, you tried to get the next generation of hunters out there and get them all taught up and, and that's what you're about yeah i definitely see the need of um, making sure hunting doesn't go by the wayside bringing more people into the fold reactivating those hunters that may have left or i've sort of covered that whole gamut so if you think about the three r's that a lot of people talk about reactivation let's see no 
Recruitment. Recruitment, reactivation, and retention. Retention, retention reactivation. So recruitment, being a hunter education specialist, uh, reactivation, and retention, providing access. You got to have a place to go. So I feel like my a lot of my career has been devoted to that. And as a wildlife biologist, making sure the populations are in check. So I'm sure you got something to find when you go there. No, I feel like my whole career has been about hunting. Well, that's <laughs> that's good. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good transition. Yes. Um, I got two questions. Mm-hmm. First part. Your computer's it, dinging, by the way. Yeah. If you tell Steely to quit loading stuff up <laughs> on the share drive, yeah. we wouldn't have this problem. Um, no. Uh, just disregard that. If you don't <laughs> like that dinging, then you don't like nature. <laughs> um, but if you've noticed, this is a huge side note. Listen how clear it is now. So much better. Sam finally got those mattresses together to pad my <laughs> office. So we are now in what used to be referred to as the Bat Cave, now going the asylum. Yeah, as we can say, padded walls. That's, <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, you messed me all up. My questions. Question one is this. So what... Actually, I'm going to ask you question two first because question one is probably a long answer. Um, question two is your current job. Yes. What do you do now? Because I honestly don't know, and I work with you a lot. I know you're busy. I know you're <laughs> real busy. Well, as Travis, our executive director, likes to say, I'm sort of like I do everything he doesn't want to do, I reckon. So that's, uh, that's probably how I'll describe it. But no, I sort of lead the membership and outreach team. I loved research in the field. I love being out in the field, but I like people as well. Um, and as much as we need to count the critters and have all the research and development and research and inventory aspect of biological science, people is one of the main key components to conservation. So Absolutely. being able to bring knowledge uh, and information to those folks is important so I'm sort of over the membership and outreach side I love getting people involved I love connecting them to the outdoors Um, we're a membership driven organization Mm -hmm. so that's important we have to have members to be able to do land conservation here in central Piedmont so making sure we have enough enough of uh, grassroots effort is sort of you're getting people fired up about it getting people fired up yeah getting people fired up and then but also i help start a lot of the programs that we have now so the leopold society uh the sportsman access program was sort of near and dear since modeled after your work in montana yeah sam and i talked about that you listened to the podcast i did okay uh it did it does have some similarities some differences but some similarities um it's it's a little bit different because the western side's got such big, large swaths of public land. So, all the um, more reason to open something up. That's here. right. So, that's near and dear to me. So that's another part of it to sort of help with the overseeing. Sam runs the day to day, and thank goodness for that. But thank goodness for him. But um, just sort of at least doing some oversight on some of that, and uh, doing a lot of media. A lot of media. A lot of media. That's what the world's about. A lot of media. So. Hence this here program. I know, which I am just so you surprise me every day that you want to do a podcast. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to do it. I just You saw the niche and the need. Well, to get the I was told out. to get this going. Oh. So it's going. Okay. Um, 
So let's let's go let's go from there to question one. Yeah. We're going reverse. Okay. Um, question one: You're a female in a male-dominated field. This is very true. Um, and I know this because I'm in the field as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also a male. My question is: The whole premise of what I'm going to get at in the end it's all going to tie together Mm -hmm. but my question here is what struck you funny to want to get into this field like what was your reasoning what was your reasoning behind getting into wildlife and natural resources and conservation as a career because you've been in it I mean, you've made a you've made a, you've made a career out of it. <laughs> yes. you've, you've been in it. Yes. Um, you know. Years. So so what's what's the uh, what was the original reason, and then what has it maybe morphed into? Well, uh, I would say first off, in my and what's the struggles of of being, of being, a, being a female in the field? <clears throat> that's a good. That's a good, very point question. Uh, so I guess originally way back many moons ago when I was a little girl I wanted to be a veterinarian um, so I've always been sort of drawn to critters and animals in general but as I got older uh, my daddy didn't hunt but my uncles did so I would tag along with them um, got my hunter ed certification in South Carolina did most of my hunting early in South Carolina so I really loved being outside. I was a tomboy from the get-go. Always running around barefooted and wanting to be outside. So, is that uh, what is that what constitutes a tomboy? Barefooted is, outside. Barefooted running around outside. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then you know even in when I started college, I knew I wanted to do something outdoors. Even though my daddy wanted me to get, actually go into construction and take over the business. Your daddy's a contractor. He is. Daddy's yep. a contractor. So, but. So when I went to NC State, I still had dreams of being a veterinarian, but I wanted to be a wildlife vet. And after speaking, actually, to some different vets in Montana and wildlife vets, I quickly found out that most of the biological work was done by the biologists. So that's uh, sort of where I changed my field uh, and sort of my aspirations for my career and just sort of went in the fisheries and wildlife department. Uh, Just really just enjoyed it. Uh, Enjoyed to see the connection, I guess. And from an early age, I realized that there was sort of this fence that on one side there were, you know, sort of hardcore, whether it's hunters and anglers, and then on the other side there was hardcore, let me save every leaf and every strand of grass type of folks, which if you are that, it is what it is. But to get anything done, I saw a lot of that middle ground that needed to be um, reached so that's sort of where I fall you know I mean I'm all for the resource you're hardcore middle ground I'm hardcore middle ground <laughs> so I definitely walk along that fence I reckon instead of being on one side or the other so that's sort of what inspired me sort of what my focus of my career has been um, was to see how can we work together? How can we make a difference in conservation? The conservation tent's big enough for a lot of people, so that's sort of where I've gone. Introducing people, showing both sides of the fence, you know, both sides of the fence, I guess. 
okay. people look on both sides. Well, um, being on the middle of the fence mm-hmm. um, between intense hunter-driven dri- conservation mm-hmm. and intense preservation mm-hmm. mindset. That's a, um, good, that's a good analogy. That's good. Is where you're where you're describing to me that you're yeah that that your interests lay yeah when you got into the field and you've worked your career to to kind of show that mm-hmm. and bring those two yeah. user groups together yeah um, I would say so and currently doing the same thing yeah I mean when uh, I'm showing land trust there's no other land trust in the state really embracing the sportsman side of it so and when I came on in 2016. I, you know, I let Travis know from the get-go. I don't work anywhere that don't recognize sportsmen, hunters, and anglers as being the bearers of conservation. How they started it, they bear the brunt of the financial side of it. So um, I'm a big, big component with that. Well, um, but you asked the second part. Of the the second part. That's what I want. That's what I want to know. Um, like, what's the toughest thing? I've so seen you've or? been a biologist flying. Uh, Aerial surveys, catching black-footed ferrets, most <laughs> endangered mammal in yes. the United States. Um, You've—I uh, know all this because I know you. Um, <laughs> but I—I um, I do want to know, and I want to set it up for everybody else to know, um, especially um, ladies who are interested in the field yeah. um, as a profession. Um, what's been a hurdle, or maybe there are lots of hurdles. I—I. I, I can't speak to that. Yeah. Um, so. No, I appreciate the question. I know when I was in school, um, in college, um, there were very few females in the program. Um, honestly, only one mm-hmm. in my particular program. So I know it's it's small from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know that that uh, since I've been in my professional career, I've known several ladies who are in it but right. definitely not as many as men so i want to know i want to know what's a you know what's what's keeping ladies from being in the field or if it's just a historically male dominated thing or, or or what's the problem with it well i mean i or is it hard to get into it to begin with because your dad didn't hunt and you started going with your yeah. uncles well no i mean i i don't think that as much you know Traditionally, I think it's always, like you said, it's definitely a male-dominated career path. Um, And that is, you know, historically women have chosen to do other things, not necessarily traipse around the woods picking up scat or, or measuring tracks or flying in a super cub to count bighorn sheep. I mean, that's just not you know, used to, those those are not the type of career choices most women used to make, but um, it's getting more and more prevalent. Sure. You know, I think one of the biggest hurdles is just that, you know, mm-hmm. being able to buff that tradition, being able to say, you know, I can do this, it doesn't mean, you know, to be a guy, to be able to do it. Um, you know, it's just getting through that mindset, I think, has been the biggest hurdle for us, for ladies in this field, you know, realizing that, yeah, we can do, we have just as much input, if not more, you know, know, we tend to look at things a little bit differently than guys do, so I think we have a lot to give the conservation field, 
Um, you know, I've done a lot of different things, been in a lot of different places, and there's been places where that has occurred, you know, the, the whole good old boy club. Gals that, can't get it done. Like yeah, like, can. like no girls allowed little sign on the treehouse type of deal, but that's all right. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> and uh, you just go out there and prove them wrong and continue and become associate director of a land trust, I reckon. so That's what you do. That's what you do. You just um, keep on. You find your niche. Yeah, you know, and, and you said hard. that your niche was, was finding the middle ground between user groups and communicating with folks. Yes, that's the niche. If I had to give one piece of advice to aspiring young female conservationist is to get outside your comfort zone. I mean, do something different. It's hard. You know, I moved away at the young age of whatever I was when I graduated college, 21, 20, whatever it is when you roll out. Um, And I just packed up what I had and moved across the country. You know, I had to get out of my comfort zone. Like you had a job lined up. You had a job, yeah. Well, I did have a lot, yeah. I did have a job lined up, but okay. but I put myself out there to get that job, you know. Yeah, you applied for it. Yeah, but you didn't. Just I could like... have applied for one right here close to the house. Yeah, but I didn't. I applied for one three thousand miles away. Oh sure. So that's what I. That would be my suggestion, you know. Do it while you can. Do it while you're young. Enjoy it. Get as much experience as you can. This day and age, this field's flooded. So it's flooded. You need as much. So you should turn that off. That was not my phone. <laughs> that was his phone. Uh, so, but get as po- much experience as you can. Podcasting rule right there. No, broken. 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 Um, let me uh, let me rehash and then let me uh, let me get into what I really want to talk about. Okay. Um, so you grew up. Your dad didn't didn't hunt. He was busy running a construction company. Yes. But um, your uncles did, and you. Mm-hmm. You were interested in it just because you were interested in it. And so you, they invited you down, you started going with them. And it became a tradition in the fall, you went hunting with the uncles. Yes. And um, you decided that you liked it so much and you loved animals, um, probably domestic animals the most because you were interested in veterinary school. Mm-hmm. So you go to, uh, you go to college, mm-hmm. you find out about all these other wildlife opportunities in the field. And uh, you decide that you could take a career path focused less on veterinary medicine and more on research and sustainability. Right. So you go into that, and then you graduate, wind up moving all over, taking all these jobs, and mm-hmm. and uh, just kicking tail. Well, um, try to. So <laughs> now you're here, mm-hmm. and you're still um, doing what you said you like, and that's that's getting in that middle ground. Um, and you're still trying to be an advocate for females in the woods. Yeah. Which, um... There's a lot, man. There's a lot of women doing that now. I had a little taste of this past weekend. That's right. And you... Just... What, what did you call it? You got, you got this event organized, took a year of planning, and it was the ladies... Say it. What well, was it? It was just... 2018 Land Trust Ladies Deer Hunt. The Ladies Deer pretty, Hunt. Pretty cut and dry. Pretty simple. Ladies Deer Hunt. Yeah. It consisted of two uh, days. Yeah. Two a, days, a Friday and a Saturday. 
we uh, if, you, if you want me to continue. Yeah, no, no, get it. Uh, yeah, Friday and Saturday, uh, I had 10 ladies, new hunters, which was important. You know, I wanted to make sure that it was available for women with zero experience. So they found out about it how? Facebook, which is a shameless plug to go check out our Facebook page. You advertise, you advertise an event like me and Sam say we do, and these yes. ladies signed up. That's right. They signed up. capped it at 10. Yep, we had 10 ladies. I would say 80% of them, 8 of them, 8 out of 10, <laughs> were brand new. Yeah. Yeah. Well, were brand new hunters that had never, some of them never even fired a firearm, a rifle. So we, but the other part is ladies learn well from other ladies. No offense to the men out there. And we had a few guy mentors as well. So a few fellas, uh, a few fellas, including yourself. They yeah. were select, select fellas that we had. Um, but uh, we had all lady mentors mostly that come from all walks of life that came out and they were able to teach skills. For the ladies, the new hunters in the field, we had on Friday we had sort of a classroom setting, but it was outside mm-hmm. on one of our conserved properties. We taught everything from firearm safety to deer hunting 101. Probably the most enjoyable section was the field dressing and game care, which Cody, being our lands manager, had yeah. trapped a feral hog the night before yep, and yep. brought it to the ladies to show them how to let me let me let me oh, let me paint the picture let me paint this up <laughs> this these ladies have gotten here they've been there what 40 minutes yeah i told them when they wrote that their card they refused to get their hands introdu- introductions are made yeah. snacks are had mm-hmm. um these ladies are hanging out around the campfire talking yes. and i pull in with my tractor front end loader raised high in the air the ladies don't think much of it everybody's wondering why is that bucket so high in the air and then after everybody's got through with introductions uh, Mikey said okay classroom starts put your gloves on put your gloves on and we dropped this bucket down to reveal a 200 pound wild boar now let me paint the picture. Okay. These ten women could not be any more different. There was some that were, um, you know, had been grown up in a city, not really exposed to, you know, hunting or anything like that. There were a few that were almost not anti-hunting, but just was sort of nervous and they were scared of guns, didn't like really like guns, but uh-huh. wanted to see what it was all about. Some that had husbands or fathers that have hunted, some that were college students that wanted to learn the sustainability side of it. So I had just the whole gamut of had personalities. All walks of life there. And every single one of them just dove right on in. Sure enough. They loved it. They loved it. We gave a little, uh, I gave a little uh, brief anatomy uh, yeah. Lesson. Yeah. Um, they skin it. They uh, they learned how to field dress this yeah. this this hog, yeah. and uh, we hung it up, and these ladies skin it, and they all took home some uh, some ham. Yeah. Um, and sent us. They've been sending us pictures uh, of yeah. the barbecue they've been smoking. They've been smoking barbecue and just everything. Yeah. Tenderloins. 
But I would say for the rest of the weekend, I mean, we finished that. We had a range set up, so they got to fire the uh, the actual rifles that we're going to be using in the field. Then the next morning, we came back on a Saturday. Well, no, we went hunting that evening. Went hunting Friday evening. Jumped went right hunt, into yeah, it. Yeah, just jumped into it because we had snowmageddon coming. We actually had a bunch of snow in North Carolina, which was a rarity. But uh, we had one harvest, and she would have been sitting in on this podcast. It's actually Steely, who yep. is our yep. membership and volunteer coordinator. Um, Look forward to the later episode where she'll, she'll come in and give she a shares the synopsis. And I'm going to go ahead and admit now that Sam and I had a bet going on who was going to be top guide. <laughs> Unfortunately, Cody lost. I wouldn't Sam, say I lost. Sam was the guide. But Sam was the guide with uh, the success, successful harvest. Yes. And that was her first deer. Her I actually first deer. took her hunting once before this. And uh, she's definitely looking for the whole sustainability side. I like to know where my food comes from, uh-huh. side, which is awesome. She's basically which a, veg- is a vegetarian besides, when, she, when she's eating out. Yeah. I mean, she that's the side of the hunter demographic that just has not been tapped as good and i by golly feel like it should i agree by golly but anyway so uh we had one harvest a few misses on friday evening came back after it on saturday uh-huh uh, had some more misses had some, some close encounters some more misses some, uh, some rough weather yeah but then we had a outdoor cooking demonstration by mm. a fabulous friend of mine uh from wrc B.B. Gillen, who's been over becoming an outdoors woman for the last 20-some years. So we did a upside-down pineapple cake, Oops. venison, sloppy joes. It was on the campfire. It was wonderful. Yep. And I'm going to tell you, 10 women and 10 mentors came in as strangers. but Everybody's by, friends. By golly, walked out mm-hmm. as friends. So we've been keeping up with each other. And when we talk about recruitment, we do a lot of youth hunts, too, and don't get me wrong. I like getting kids outdoors. But this is a demographic that's actually rising, is women hunters. So, And I guarantee you right now, I've already got report. We had some sport by sportsman program memberships for our program. We've had uh, one of the ladies who was raised in the cities taking hunter education tomorrow, yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, so we definitely saw... Numbers raised by instant, 10. instant gratification they to our addicted. natural resources. They were hooked by getting these. That's what I saw by getting these ladies involved yeah. and sh- giving them the most basic of skills yeah. to be able to feel comfortable enough to venture out on their own, or even find a partner now. Or, or yeah, they all made partners there, mm-hmm. but. Giving them those skills and the confidence they needed, they're instantly contributing to wildlife and conservation. They bought a license just to go on this hunt. Yeah, they're they're all hooked. They loved it. Yeah, I'm um, saying that Santa's bringing her a deer rifle. Yep. So she's going to be putting in some mm-hmm. PR dollars right yep. there, yep. or Santa Claus is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they're all going to continue to funnel money into conservation. Right. Which is, it's not about the money. This event wasn't about money, but it's important to recognize that it was a very successful event, not only for these ladies to learn a new skill, and and not only for us to meet them and you know make some new friends, but for the resource, it's going to directly benefit from having ten new individuals participate. 
It was great. I mean, it's I, I just I can't say enough about the mentors we had, our partners, NWTF, North Carolina Wildlife Resources Commission, Better Burger, Better Bryant Burger. Rowland did a great cooking for us. Always does. Uh, and Ronnie Nye from Robinson County sponsoring the shirts. Sponsoring yep. the shirts. Um, we just uh, there was another one. Oh, uh, Backcountry and Beyond. They gave a, they gave all the ladies scent blocker. Yep. Which is nice. Um, I sponsored the ice. Yes. <laughs> and the knowledge. So, well, I wouldn't say that. Um, it was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was a it was a real good event, and I've never seen. Uh, that's that's what I'll talk. About. That's what I want to ask you about. And I just want to think about it. Um, ladies, they they're the quickest of learners. Of all the youth hunts I've done, which have been a pile, um, I've never had the direct participation and questions that I got from this group. I mean, everything yeah. from wildlife disease questions to how many parts of this animal are edible, wh- what do I need to do, you know, what causes that gamey taste, every everything. Mm-hmm. How many days to go before I change out ice and my, co- you know, mm-hmm. all these factors. And I really, I really thought that was a good thing. Um, you know why that is? I, I mean, we no felt because, like I said, women teaching women, they feel more comfortable because a lot of times they're intimidated. You know, I mean, it's just like a woman rolling up to a getting their car fixed. You know, unless she knows a lot about cars or been taught. Yeah, you know, dude, shade tree mechanic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's intimidating, just like a man coming up and you know talking about. It's like I got hoodooed on that phone the other day. Yes, technology or whatever. You know, they just tradition those traditional roles. I mean, unless you've done it a lot, you just don't know. So uh, they're very inquisitive. They want to know. And the other good thing is they have no preconceived bad habits. No preconceived bad habits? I like that. Yeah. There's no, I, this is the way I've shot for the last 20 years. This is the only way I'm going to shoot. This is how I do things. I mean, they're a sponge. And that's. That's refreshing. That's great. I agree. That was that was the other thing. So teaching them about about the uh, handling of firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, those ladies, the one most of them had never held a rifle before, mm-hmm. and especially not a high powered rifle, mm-hmm. um, center fire. And these ladies, um, they learned how to how to shoot from a from a rest position. Um, and they were all nervous. Every one of them was nervous when they came up. But they threw it in a tin ring. But they all wound up <laughs> tin ring. It, I mean, and most of them on the first shot. But even after, you know, I, you know, I, I loaned a couple of them my thick jacket because I told them, you know, look, if you wear this jacket, you won't feel it as bad, and you won't feel it when you're hunting. You know, yeah. you're not going to even think about it. But you know, if you go ahead and wear the jacket now, it won't be a big deal because I wear one when I shoot just. For my comfort, mm-hmm. but um, they, uh, what I liked about it was they shot, and they they'd say, "Well, that," I'd show them with the binoculars, and you know, look where you hit, and mm-hmm. well, that was fun. Can do I shoot again? again? Yeah, let me do it again. And I was like, okay, you know, I got I got twenty five rounds. Yeah. <laughs> so you get, you can shoot a couple, and then we got to move on. But it was yeah. just they loved it. Yeah. And uh, so that that was that was neat. Um. 
I think we're getting close to our time frame, so let's get what wrapping up. What wrapping up thoughts have you got? We got a few minutes. Yeah, we got a few minutes left, um, and uh, I'm curious to know what your uh, advice to a new outdoors lady would be, um, or where they can look for more references. Yeah, uh, I would say get out of your comfort zone. That would be my. That would be my piece of advice to just about well, women in particular, but anybody, you know, exploring the outdoors. And it can it runs the whole gamut of ages and experiences from young budding conservationists to, you know, get out and see different places, experience new things, define what you love to people that have already been uh, in the outdoors, whether you're a hunter that's never tried kayaking or a hiker that's never gone, you know, fishing, try something different. Mm-hmm. You, know, you may find that you enjoy. There's a lot more things out there to enjoy. Um, that's what I. That would be my sort of my concluder because, and to dovetail to that, that helps us be a more well-rounded conservationist. Absolutely. You know, I. I want people to realize that there's room for every kind of different demographic under the conservation tent and we all play a role and if we understand that we all have a purpose and a place within conservation the more we'll get done together so that would be my concluder that there's plenty of room to do conservation work no matter who you are all right, you got a hot tip for anybody? Oh, a hot, one one hot tip. Hot tip: join the Sportsman Access Program. <laughs> join the Sportsman. It's a deal. <laughs> yeah, it is a. It I is try a not to sell deal. anything on here. Well, I'm selling that, and the <laughs> lady, especially if you're a new hunter, I mean, it is it is just a great setup for a new hunter or an experienced hunter. You know, you get a place to yourself. You get time on your hands to take to learn and do your own thing and. I definitely, it's a, it's definitely a hot, it's the best deal going. In North Carolina, in North for Carolina, sure. In North Carolina, for sure. Well, that's pretty good, pretty good uh, closing thought. Pretty good hot tip. My closing thought, I'm not going to give any advice. Um, my advice is, is this. It's not, it's, it's really not a piece of advice. Okay. It's like, it's like general knowledge that maybe isn't so general. Okay. This is like your closing contradiction. Yeah, it's my. That's what I'm going to call it from here on out. My closing contradiction is this: Don't, if you're new into any sport or recreational hobby um, or conservation as a field, don't focus on what you see on TV. It's pretty much probably going to be garbage. <laughs> you don't need. Don't think you need massive amounts of money and gear. Yeah. to have a good time because you don't you can you can get out into the field and enjoy the outdoors hunting fishing anything hiking camping for a couple hundred bucks on the yeah, you can you can be you completely don't even need anything. you can be well, completely square i mean you can be completely squared away yes. um all you need is you know whatever firearm you're going to use if you're hunting some some fairly decent clothes that you can get from a thrift store or you know wherever i mean you can you can you can handle this it's it's not it shouldn't make or break you to get started so my advice is that don't think that you have to have the nicest newest stuff 
because you don't. You'll as you progress in your in your outdoors career, you'll acquire stuff. And that that's um, how I feel. That's how you feel, unless you're a duck hunter, and then you might as well just throw your just don't start duck hunting. <laughs> that's a hot tip off for me right there. That's my hot tip. Just don't. Oh gosh. That's you know just don't duck hunt. That's for a whole other day. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have any. I don't have anything for you. I appreciate having you on the uh, show. Well, I have enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. All right, over see you at the house. <laughs> see, yeah, see you at home. Over and out. If you like us, you're riding down the road listening to the podcast on your commute. Well, when you get to where you're going, don't forget. Like us on Facebook. Check us out at our website, threeriverslandtrust.org. You'll find out about all the events we're putting on, how you can get involved, how you can help, how you can participate. We'd love to meet like-minded individuals and get you involved in conservation. Till next time.